This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Hey, it's Friday, Halloween Eve. Very exciting time of year, very festive. Welcome to the show, everybody. Fantasy football today. Adam Azer, Jamie Eisberg, Dave Richard. Kind of a dud last night, and it was rainy. I'll just blame it on the rain. And weather's going to be, uh, we're going to play a role in this week's game. This episode is sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer later in the show. Yeah, weather's going to be a big deal, and we're going to have an interview for the audio portion. I don't think it'll be on the video portion. Sorry about that. But for the audio portion of the podcast, we're going to have an interview with meteorologist Kevin Roth of Roto Grinders. What's up, Dave? Yo, what's going on, Adam? What's up, Jamie? What's up, buddy? Oh, well, you know... A little disappointed about last night's game. What was disappointing for you? Calvin Ridley getting hurt. Mike Davis yeah. not doing anything. Curtis Samuel scoring multiple touchdowns. Yeah. 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 Uh, Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> failing to play well against the Falcons. Yeah. Which one? Which part? Yeah, it's it's all the greatest hits at Jamie. Yeah. No, nah, it stunk. I mean, it was it was Julio was good. Yeah, I don't have Julio Jones in any of my leagues. I oh, know I do yeah. have him in the Scott Fish Bowl. That's right. Uh, so. Yeah, it was uh, it was disappointing. You know, Carolina had the ball for 23 minutes, so can't do much when that happens. And Ridley, thankfully, X-rays were negative, and they're hopeful that Ridley can play next week. But I'm gonna guess he doesn't because their bye is week 10. But you always say that, but sometimes they actually do play before their bye. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope he does, but you know, whenever there's a bye week after an injury, close to an injury, mm-hmm. it's always something you got to be concerned. Yeah. About. Oh yeah, I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Um, that was bad. Hayden Hurst was good, I guess. Anyway, right, let's talk about mm. it. What? He was good? He had 54 yards. He was good in PPR. Yeah, he has 51 or more yards in four of his last five They're games. They're good at defending tight ends. They do a nice job. That 51 yards is not that good, or 54, not that good, but okay. You guys are not as impressed with Hayden Hurst as I was. I'll, I'll take no, 54 yards. That's I'm going to win that's my league how many tight ends? Yards. How many tight ends are getting 50 yards four out of five games? No, it's not a lot. That's true. But a, no, it is think, a lot. I think that's too low of a bar. It, he obviously to say that that's good. It is good. It's an eight hundred plus yard pace. That they're they're going to be like six tight ends that but do we, that. No one ever is excited about five points from someone that they start. No, but you're excited about ten in PPR. It's not bad. I'm not complaining about ten in PPR. I'm complaining about five in non PPR. I understand. Well, you needed him to score a touchdown, and he didn't. But you have to be encouraged by 50, 50 or more yards in four or five games for Hayden Hurst. Can we at least agree on that? That's good. Yeah, it's okay. great. It's super. He's involved. That's nice. I don't want to talk anymore about Hayden Hurst. What else, Jamie? What else from this game? Uh, I don't understand the lack of targets for DJ Moore. That was not encouraging after what he had done the previous few weeks. I mean, you see the two plays at the end of the game that he made. And uh, I understand, look, the interception, he was trying to force the ball to DJ Moore in triple coverage, which was not a smart throw. But, you know, he needs to get the ball in his hands more times than not earlier in the game. That was that was frustrating. And and Mike Davis uh, ended his tenure as a starting running back with a dud. I, kind of three in a row. I mean, he scored yeah. last week, but he's he's been fizzling out. And I think, yeah. you know, when you look at DJ Moore and, and Anderson, is it just as simple as they barely had the ball and 
Bridgewater through 23 passes. I mean, it, it that, that certainly sums it up, but you know, the, the way that they were operating last night was just weird. And when you evaluate, yeah, they didn't seem to have any rhythm and their, their offensive line was horrible, yeah. horrible. And Troy Aikman mentioned that he had trouble throwing a wet ball, which was really I never funny heard that before. Because <laughs> he, should, he should bring that up more often. He brings it up every time, as yeah. Jamie pointed out. Uh, as far as the Falcons go, I, I mean, I really thought Matt Ryan kind of sliced up this defense, but just didn't have the fantasy points not to show for zone. it. Right? right? Not in yeah. the red zone. Yeah. Anything to say here with the Falcons? How about, how about Gurley? He scored 18 carries, though, for 46 yards and a touchdown. He's not good. <laughs> My kingdom for him to average four yards per carry. No catches. It's just uh, you're lucky the touchdowns are there. It's just incredible. Two years in a row, the touchdowns are saving him. How about he only played 51% of the snaps? Yeah, it seemed like he was banged yeah, up at was, some point. Like, yeah, right, right, right. He was stretching out on the side. Um, Brian Hill had a bad drop when one of the plays when he was off the field. Um, I don't know. I think they're going to start using more guys. It's not. It's not pretty. So high. I don't know. Like that's the thing. I know you're saying so high. I don't know. Can you? Is anybody? No. Nobody's buying Todd. Want Todd Gurley? Are you kidding me? There are people who will take a running back. They're desperate for running backs, especially ones like Gurley that can find the end zone. I'm not saying you're going to get a ton for him, but if you if you've got Gurley and a bunch of other running backs that you're okay with and you need help at other positions, now's the time. Yeah, but that's a trade. That's not a sell high. You're trading Todd Gurley. Well, selling high is part of a trade. I'm I'm insinuating that you I don't think there's the a, there's, there's not Todd a high Gurley. for Todd Gurley right now. There's just a sell. If yeah. I'm making a case for Todd Gurley, this is what he is. I this is what he was last year. I know he's not involved in the passing game. I know he's not going to give me a good rushing average, but he's on a good offense. It's going to move the ball down the field, and they give him the ball inside the five yard line all the time, and he scores touchdowns. Do, do the matchups even? The matchups are horrible for him going forward. Denver is second against the run, uh, second against running backs. Then a bye. Then the Saints are seventh. The Raiders when are. You say, when you say horrible, I mean he's going to get. You, you kind of just know what you're getting. You're getting that, somewhere between forty and sixty that's yards. That's exactly rushing. what I was saying. Do the matchups even touchdown. matter? If he doesn't score, you're going to be screwed. Uh, yeah. Do the matchups even matchups. matter? And could the matchups be even worse for him if Ridley's out for a while? There's speculation that it. Could I don't be know. I mean, he had his best game of the season when something. Julio Jones was not on the field. Yeah, I, I get, but he's still, okay. What I'm saying is if he is what he is and he continues to do this, then Gurley is still valuable, but he, what does he have? He has eight rushing touchdowns at eight games. So he really needs that. <laughs> All right. All right. So would you trade him for Mike Evans? I mean, that's kind of what Dave was talking about. If you need a running back, that's probably a trade you can make. Yep. But like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, Mike Evans is headed for potential dumpster fire with Antonio Brown there. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it for this game. I I'm, can't imagine you guys are too excited to pick up Curtis Samuel, 46% rostered. Not with McCaffrey coming back. Right. No. Okay. All right. Sorry for the uh, for the fantasy dud, everybody. I but- wish Mike Davis had played better because then it would have been an easier potential trade chip to give to the McCaffrey owner with McCaffrey manager with McCaffrey coming back, like nothing big, obviously in return, but you know, you could have at least, you could have at least, you know, traded somebody, the McCaffrey, if you did not have McCaffrey, you know, traded Mike Davis to the McCaffrey fantasy manager for, you know, number three receiver, number four receiver, somebody that you can maybe speculate on that has some potential down the road. Sure. His value at best now is the same as Alexander Madison's or Tony Pollard's or Davis Murray's. Yeah. 
And but I don't, it would have been that way even if he had three touchdowns. Yeah, but it's a different sell. It's a different sell if he's coming. No, I don't. I don't think that you're getting much more from Mike Davis at this point. I think I don't think you're getting much more e- either. But at this point, if I'm the McCaffrey manager, I'm like, okay, if I get Mike Davis, I get Mike Davis. Right. I'm not going to make a big trade for it. Right. Whereas if he had had a big game, you would have been like, oh, this is yes. the number one handcuff. And yep. he, he like the thing is just for every Panther, you just have to keep in mind that they just barely had the ball. And that that hurts their stats. Like he wasn't that bad. He had seventy seven total yards on fourteen touches, uh, but they just had a they just had an off game. All right, uh, watch HQ. If you missed the noon show, it's noon Eastern Monday through Friday. You can watch it on demand on the CBS Sports app on OTT devices. So make sure you're watching CBS Sports HQ. It's typically noon to one Eastern. We've had some some soccer that's been messing with the schedule. Today it is noon to one Eastern. Uh, join the party. They don't want to mess up your schedule, Adam. That's why. Yeah, well, you did it's on old soccer. No, no soccer today. It's Azer's day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It is Azer day. Join the parlay. Pick them. Pick your five best team parlay against the spread. We give away $1,000 guaranteed every week. Odds are provided by William Hill Sportsbook. Go to cbsports.com slash parlay and get your picks in by Sunday. And Sunday's a big day. Obviously, we got fantasy football today in five, dropping in this feed and in the FFT in five feed about 8.30 a.m. We got HQ from 10 to 1 Eastern, and we got Twitch at noon Eastern. All right, I'm going to play right now the interview I recorded last night with Kevin Roth. He is the Roto Grinders chief meteorologist. You can follow him on Twitter at Kevin Roth WX. And just to preview it for you, um, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you're not going to hear the interview. We'll recap it afterward. But we talk about four games, New England-Buffalo, Vegas-Cleveland, Minnesota-Green Bay, and New Orleans-Chicago, and bad, bad weather this weekend. Here's Kevin Roth. Quick check on the weather in Week 8 with Kevin Roth, Roto-Grinders chief meteorologist. He's been on the show several times. He gives outstanding information, and you can follow him on Twitter at KevinRothWX. How you doing? I'm good. It is legitimately the worst week of weather I can ever remember seeing. <laughs> really? It's week eight. We usually talk in December. <laughs> I know. And we don't even have any snow games. It's not anything like that. It is just incredibly windy in multiple games. Uh, usually you get maybe one game that's windy, not four of them. Oh, well, wind is bad. We know that. Okay. So the games that you wanted to highlight were New England at Buffalo, Las Vegas at Cleveland, Minnesota at Green Bay, and New Orleans at Chicago. And you said that it's all sort of similar with those four games. Yeah, I think you can lump them all in together here. In just about all of them, you're looking at sustained winds of 20 to 25 miles per hour. You're talking wind gusts of about 40 miles per hour. This is not, oh, it's a little breezy and maybe a throw or a long kick will be impacted. This is you legitimately cannot throw it deep kind of winds unless the wind happens to be right at your back. And, you know, that's not going to happen all game. Um, I think this is going to be hugely impactful. So you've, I'm sure you track this, you know, you've had bad wind games in the past. What do you usually see in that case? We're looking at about a 15% decrease on average to both scoring and passing statistics. Um, there's honestly not a huge sample size of 25 mile per hour sustained wind games. This this is as windy as it gets. So not a big sample size, but obviously, look, we're we're really impacting the passing game here. Deep throws are out. Short throws, dump offs are going to be fine. Some intermediate throws are still okay. Um, for kickers, they're not even going to attempt long field goals. Mm. Medi- like 30 to 40 yard field goals will be difficult. Anything beyond 40, 
I legitimately can't even fathom happening. So I don't even think they attempt those long field goals. It's short field goals, running, dump offs, and defense. I don't know if you track this, but do you see an increase in rush attempts in these games typically? Yeah, you do. Um, They're not necessarily more effective because teams know that you're going to have to run. They know that it's tough to throw it deep in these conditions. So they can really jam a lot of guys in the box. Uh, But generally, these games, these really windy games, can just be grinded out, handed off three times, and punt it away kind of games that can end up being really low scoring. Okay, so last question for you. If we got we've got bad weather in Chicago, in Buffalo, in Cincinnati, in Green Bay, why not Cleveland? Like that's fairly close to Cincinnati. How did Cleveland get spared? No, Cleveland's in the bad weather ones. Cincinnati is Cincinnati's kind of oh kind sorry of close I, to the I right I switched that up. Why not Cincinnati? They're just not seeing that strong gust of wind. They're still, it's not great weather there. That's still going to be 15 mile per hour winds on a normal week. I'd probably point it out as a not great weather spot, but you compare it to those other four games, Buffalo, Cleveland, Green Bay, and Chicago. Uh, these might be the four worst weather games we see all season long. Okay. What, what's the wind threshold? So 15 miles per hour, you think is still okay for us to feel confident in starting a passer in that game? Yeah, 15 is kind of my cutoff where I start looking. Mm-hmm. If it gets to 20, that's when I start thinking, all right, you know, this is going to be a problem. Okay. 25 sustained is a big deal. You know, we mentioned those wind gusts are going to be 40 miles per hour. Yeah. Uh, the one Ooh. thing I'll add is, you know, we're recording this uh, a couple days ahead of Sunday. So be sure to check back. You want to make sure that this weather forecast actually does verify. I have no reason to believe it won't. I expect the conditions that I'm seeing now will be what happens. But you always want to double check that before you make you know huge fantasy decisions based on it. Yes, and follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin Roth WX. He is the chief meteorologist for Roto Grinders. Does great work, Kevin. Thanks for coming on. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. So we have some pretty severe weather, and it's not just those four games. I mean, the weather could be bad with Cincinnati, Tennessee, with the Kansas City Jets game, but New England, Buffalo, Las Vegas, Cleveland, Minnesota, Green Bay, New Orleans, Chicago. We are talking about twenty-five mile power winds throughout. You know, that's uh, that's scary. Could could get up to 35, 40, I think he said. So, I mean, what do we do here? Do we have to avoid the passing games? I mean, he just said that not that you cannot throw the ball downfield. The rushing uptick is a little bit. The rushing carries should uptick a little bit. Um, yeah. So, Dave, you know, what's your reaction? My reaction is to not overreact. We've we have seen this happen time and again, where the weather reports a day or two days out from a game, you know, paint a bad picture. But the truth is, is that you got to check it an hour before kickoff. If you want to have a, a contingency plan on your bench, go ahead. But I always wait till an hour, maybe even less before kickoff to see what the weather's like. You know, they're, they're these Kevin's great at what he does, but some of the other weather people, they're, they're not like fantasy football analysts. You know, they get things wrong all the time. Um, that was supposed to be a joke. No one laughed. I feel bad. <laughs> oh, no. is, <laughs> I, I get it. If, now, if, yeah. if, the, if the conditions are really windy, <laughs> That impacts passing games and kicking games, obviously, but it's got to be north of 20 miles an hour. And it will be, according to him. Right. So, it will be. Well, it will be based on the forecast now. Which he pre- feels pretty confident is going to remain. But yes, okay, I, so let's, I, let's I know play what he's the, saying, but let's you, play the hypothetical think, and say it's right. It's true. Okay, I understand we have to wait. Don't then freak you gotta out. you got to make some changes. For, like who? I can't start I can't start Nelson game. Aguilar. I mean, that that would be one because he's a downfield guy. And <clears> right, like that would scare me. Sure. Justin Jefferson is a downfield guy. I, I don't know what I'd do with him. 
Yeah, like we talked about on the Twitch stream, um, it's also probably going to be the coldest game he's ever played in in his life. Yeah. Um, you know, so those things matter for some of these younger players too. Uh, you know, for the Bears situation, you know, without Allen Robinson in there, that could be awful for Darnell Mooney and, and Anthony Miller to begin with. So the Saints defense is something, you know, you might want to give a little bit more attention to. Um, you know, like I'm not getting rid of Devonta. I'm not benching Devonta Adams. No, no. You know, and and the thing about some of these players, like, um, I'm just trying to think, like the must start guys, like Jefferson qualifies. Sure, that's well, that's one. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not benching Stephon Diggs. I, I think Cole Beasley could benefit from that. You know, but whereas he's a shorter area yeah, target. Yeah, and that's what Kevin but said. He said you see, what did you say? Diggs, Diggs is going to do the same stuff. Diggs, yeah, no, but John Brown, sure. John Brown, on the other hand, would scare me a little bit. You know. I don't know how many people are, and you're right, but I don't know how many people are starting John Brown after the last few weeks about what's happened with him. But it really comes down to who else you have. And if you've got no, no, a no. loaded group of receivers on your team and you can afford to bench somebody who's got upside, not a stud, obviously, but John Brown's a good example. Maybe Jefferson's a good example. The, too. the one is Jefferson the because Jefferson's a yeah. guy that a lot of people are starting, understandably so, three or four games with over 100 yards receiving. It's a game where they're probably chasing points. But outside of him, the Patriots have nobody. Yep. The Bills, you're not sitting Stephon Diggs. You could sit Cole Beasley. I wouldn't. You guys said you wouldn't. I get it. Um, the Raiders, it's easy to get away from Nelson Aguilar because he's you know not rostered that highly uh, yet. What about Rashard Higgins? Because you have Aguilar. You have Aguilar and Higgins in there. Um, and yeah, we are kind of saved by the fact that you don't have a bunch of like questionable. You either have must-start guys like Michael Thomas if he plays in Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs, or you have guys that are easy to get away from. But I think Aguilar and Higgins and Jefferson, I guess, Jefferson being the highest end of those three, would well, be I mean, the ones that are, are, I would ask you still about. still starting rugs. I like Renfro, but he's a short area target. Um, you're, not start, you're not sending Darren Waller. Um, do you downgrade Aaron Rodgers? I mean, do you start, do you put him like, you know, eighth instead of third? Yeah, but yeah. again, I don't I don't know how many people are getting away from Aaron Rodgers still. You got to have Justin Herbert or Tannehill or Wentz on your team to to sit him, and I don't think many people are going to do that anyway. How about Yeah, I mean if you were st- planning on streaming Kirk Cousins, you can't be excited about this development, I would think. No. And then Josh Allen, you know, maybe he runs a little more. I don't know if he's, he's got a strong I, I would imagine they're going to try and both teams are going to probably lean on their quarterbacks to run a lot in that game. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not starting Cam, so. Right. All right, look, it's something to consider, and it's it's all the more reason for you to watch HQ on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. They're going to keep you updated on the weather the entire time. Uh, news and notes, Gardner Minshew has multiple fractures and a strained ligament in his thumb. Do you think he is the starter next week against Houston? I don't think he's the starter ever again. Wow. I don't Take know about ever again. Yeah, I, I think next week he's out. I wonder if... It's going to be Jake Luton, and I uh, I wonder if this was like an excuse that was put out in 100%. advance of the Jaguars making the call that they're changing quarterbacks. One hundred percent, it was. Okay, they they claim they did not know about it, and he did not tell them. Not that they like that was the report that he didn't tell them about it. He'd been playing with it for a couple weeks, and uh, it's like we talked about yesterday. There's a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. Yeah, he's he played through it. He's right. he's playing hurt. If he was going to be the starting quarterback next week. He, he was playing with it. He wouldn't have gotten out there. Okay. Who knows if it's even true? I'm sure it's true. I'm sure, you know, that it shows up on the next right. They're not going to lie about that. Michael Thomas practiced. So if he plays, you start him. 
Miles Sanders seems unlikely to play. It's it's like all the Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, my uh, who's the third? Joe Mixon. Right now, we're planning on them missing the game. What do we know about the Seahawks and 49ers? DJ Dallas time. That's what it seems like. I mean, they still haven't practiced uh, at least through Thursday with Carlos Hyde or Chris Carson or Travis Homer. So, you know, unless one of them comes back on Friday, DJ Dallas should be their lead rusher. But he's their only rusher. Hopefully that's a lot of uh, Russell Wilson. He's their only rusher. There's speculation that they'll use either David Moore or Penny Hart as a running back backup. Listen, how, like <laughs> he's going to get all their carries, going to get so much work for them, and and he's he was he's recruited absolutely worth stashing. Well, stashing. I mean, game. would you start him over someone like David Montgomery? Probably. Mm, man, uh, I, I've got no. I've got very little faith in David Montgomery. I do too, but I have very little faith in DJ Dallas also. So I'd still start Montgomery because at least you know he's getting catches. Yeah, I would think Montgomery. I would think DJ Dallas should get some catches too. I agree. He's a he was a wide receiver recruit and involved in the passing game in college. Like he can do that. He's just so slow. <laughs> he nearly got Russell Wilson killed in that game against the Cardinals. Yeah, he's not, right. He he's not going to do any more of that. He'll run around each time. Maybe chip a guy on his way out, but they're not going to have him pass protect. All right. Anymore. Well, you, I mean, you'd start if DJ Dallas is the guy. And, and we also don't know about the 49ers running backs right now. It could be Tevin Coleman. He returned to practice. But if DJ Dallas is the guy, you'd have to start him over like a Patriots running back, right? Yeah. A Bills running back? Yeah. Okay. So he's not horrible. You know, keep an eye on DJ Dallas. Uh, more news and notes. Mark Ingram missed practice. That's another one uh, that we're thinking will miss the game. Devontae Freeman missed practice. That's a Monday night game, so they have an extra day to get ready. I'm going to just tell you, don't please don't start a Giants running back. Bad idea against Tampa Bay. Devontae Parker was limited with a groin injury. He's looking good. Not, not certain he will play, but looking good for Parker. Jamison Crowder was limited in practice. Are we thinking he's going to play? Uh, trending in the right direction. That's a good sign. So let, let's say DJ Dallas is starting for the Seahawks. Would you start him or Jamison Crowder? Crowder. Crowder and PPR. It would be closer and non-PPR, but I'd probably still take Crowder. Go beat the waiver wire. Pick him up now. You, you might even want to start him. I mean, if the weather weren't so bad. Alan Lazard is practicing. Has a chance to play this week. Alan Lazard. If you've got IR spots, you could stash him if he's on your waiver wire, too. If you have IR spots, he's probably not probably. on the waiver wire. Well, you never know. Well, he's not That's why you check to see if he's weeks. available. Yeah, he's like 40% rostered, I think. Aaron Jones, Miss Practice mentioned that. Phil, oh, Philip Lindsay returned to practice now. So what are we doing with this Broncos situation? I think actually he did not. I think there were two different reports. Oh. Fool you. Okay. Well, if okay. he does play. I'll check you're talking, but I saw two different things. If Philip Lindsay does play against the Chargers, what would that mean for, for Lindsay and Gordon? Lindsay would get 10 carries, probably have a great rushing average, and for whatever reason, the Broncos would use Melvin Gordon more when he's averaging like 3.8. He did non-contact individual drills. That's not really returning to practice. Okay. So and he, so he's still in the protocol. Uh, if Philip Lindsay plays, would you start DJ Dallas or Melvin Gordon? Come on. Why? Melvin Gordon gets half the carries. You're starting Melvin Gordon. I think you're going to go with Gordon. It's, uh, I mean, I, I, I like DJ Dallas. I think he's a good fit in Seattle, but I don't know if I'm ready to, start him over Melvin. I don't know if you're starting DJ Dallas over Philip Lindsay if Lindsay plays. Okay. 
I uh, think I'm starting to DJ. Go, go back. I would too, but it's not a slam dunk. I mean, what was the game last I year? I think where, I just did a windmill. Like Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch played last year. Yeah, it was a week. But they ran the ball a lot week more. Sixteen last year. week seventeen. Yeah, but they have an amazing offense this year. They still run the ball and like they they throw to their running backs more this year than they did last year. All right, they throw to Chris Carson. <laughs> I mean, right? Who was never a, a big pass catcher. Uh, Look, DJ Dow's going to get a great opportunity, but don't start him over Melvin Gordon, please. I think the point is, would you be excited to start Melvin Gordon if Philip Lindsay played? Yes. Just not, because of the Chargers thing? All right, Jamie's, Jamie's got the revenge on his mind. <clears throat> um, Giants left guard Will Hernandez is on the reserve COVID list. They are quarantining some other offensive linemen. Meanwhile, same game, Tampa Bay equipment manager tested positive for COVID. So I don't think the risk is zero for that game having issues. Keep that in mind. It's the Monday night game. Uh, they, uh, Greg Allman of The Athletic Covers the Bucks tweeted that if the game does get postponed, that unfortunately pushes back the suspension one more week for Antonio Brown. Oh, interesting. Uh, Julian Edelman could miss some time with a knee injury. Dallas Goddard off IR, but not a lock to play this week, that's for sure. A.J. Brown missed practice, but he's expected to play. Jalen Rager is back. Who's a better player to add, Jalen Rager or Alan Lazard? Lazard. Lazard. Andy Dalton likely out this week. Kevin King for the Packers seems unlikely to play once again. Top cornerback for them, or number two cornerback, I guess. And Dallas is 0-7 against the spread this season. Since the AFL merger in 1970, only two teams have started 0-8 against the spread. Thank you, CBS Sports, for that. And the Chargers put a right their right guard, Ryan Groy, on the reserve COVID list. Okay, let's. Uh, I was going to give some stats. I'll just run through them here. In three games, other than week one, when Fournette was, you know, very limited, in the other three games that Fournette has played, he has more touches than Ronald Jones 42 touches to 38 for Ronald Jones. So we'll talk about that. And this matchup looks better for Fournette than it does for Jones, I'd say, because the Giants stink against pass catching running backs. Uh, Carson Wentz is the new start of the week, Jamie, because of the weather for the. Even though I didn't mention, even though Kevin didn't talk about that, the Cincinnati-Tennessee game could still have pretty bad weather. Not as bad. He as wrote about before. that, you know, and so that that was part of it. Uh, you know, his his write up, um, you know, made me a little bit concerned. Not that I wouldn't start Tannehill because he's not a guy that's going to throw the ball downfield like you know a typical downfield passer. A lot of his stuff is, you know, yards after catch. Certainly with AJ Brown, um, I would still start Tannehill, but I downgraded him a little bit. You know, I had him top five. Now he's outside the top five, and. Uh, Wentz has just a dream matchup, you know, for a guy that's throwing the ball basically 40 times a game for his, you know, rushing that he's given you on top of that. And Dallas thinks, <laughs> so, um, Rager back helps Jason Peters and Lane Johnson potentially could play Peters more so than, than Johnson. Um, you know, I, I think while we've obviously, you know, found a receiver that that's helping him in a big way in Travis Fulgham. And even if Goddard's not out there, he's got a tight end that's helping him too. And Richard Rogers. So there's a lot to like about Wentz this week. Two more stats. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, throw cold water on a couple of wide receivers that everybody's ex excited to start, and I don't think that these stats are gonna matter to anyone, but they're fun. Tyler Lockett has had ten career games with 100 or more yards, including last week, where he had 200 yards, a career high. So he's had nine games, you know, going into this week. In eight of the nine games with 100 or more yards, he has followed it up with fewer than 60 yards the following week. It's kind of weird. So you're telling us to sit Tyler Lockett. Yeah, exactly. He's out of the top 40. No, it's just a fun stat. And this one is more it's interesting not very to fun. me. It's, it's fun. This is more no. interesting to me. 
James Bradbury has kind of owned Mike Evans. His last four games against the Panthers, when Bradbury was on the Panthers, one for 16, one catch for 16 yards on 10 targets, four for 48 on six targets, four for 61 on eight targets, and then he had nine catches for 96 yards, Mike Evans did, and that was on 17 targets. It has consistently been a tough matchup for Mike Evans. I know Jamie doesn't care because I asked him about it yesterday. Dave, do you care about that? Well, the the other thing that I see when I watch Evans play is that he doesn't have the same type of speed that he used to. Not that he was a burner before, but he's he can't separate with speed at all. He's separating with his route running and with, you know, pushing off on guys. So it does make the matchup harder for him. And that is a stat that would matter to me. I've already put Evans as a number two receiver this week. I could see him falling a few more spots after that. I didn't think about Bradbury's impact on Evans. Different yeah. team for Bradbury, different quarterback for Evans. Too many things, too many variables have changed. Why does it matter if it's do a we different know team? For, like, do we know well, hold for on, sure but you can't, Bradbury is going to shadow. We, uh, well, right. I, okay, so he hadn't been shadowing wide receivers, but he did last week. They used him actually on Deshaun Jackson. I would think if they have any sense in the world, they're going to shadow Evans with Bradbury. And like, you, on one hand, you know, you're worried about Amari Cooper going up against Darius Slay, who was on Detroit last year and did a great job on Amari Cooper. Why wouldn't you be worried about Bradbury on Evans? I you wouldn't should. be worried about Cooper if he didn't have his third string quarterback. Well, I mean, it, you it's would be if he had Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Sorry, I switched the teams there. It's Tom Brady, not Daniel Jones. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a downgrade. Okay, well, the one other thing I would say, I wouldn't be surprised if Evan struggles against Bradbury. It could easily happen. Right. Um, we've barely seen Bradbury play in the slot. We have seen Evans line up in the slot a decent amount. So maybe we'll find out pretty early on in the game if he's going to follow him into the slot. That would be different for Bradbury. It. I doubt it too. And so the Bucks could just manufacture ways for Evans to get open against a different cornerback by putting him in the yeah. slot. He's been so good without Chris Godwin. So I know people are excited. And I can't imagine you're right. sitting Mike Evans. But, you know, these are the things we bring up. Let's beat the waiver wire. Jimmy Garoppolo next week against Green Bay. That's a possibility. Drew Locke at Atlanta. I don't think so. No. De- Derek Carr at the Chargers, perhaps. Cam Newton at the Jets. I didn't find great options for next week. Um, but Herb Smith against Detroit. You know, Herb Smith's got two two games in a row with 50 yards. So Yes. Put him on your bench, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or maybe the move is put if you only have one spot, put DJ Dallas on your bench now, and hope that Irv Smith is still on the waiver wire when you cut DJ Dallas. If all the other running backs come back for Seattle to practice, yeah, but if they don't, you're holding DJ Dallas for two. Of course, but if, or if you can't get DJ Dallas, Irv's got potential. Uh, Vikings are coming off the bye. His playing time was up big in his previous two games. He could end up being a very integral part of the uh, Minnesota offense moving. Yeah. Forward. Just one thing though, as, as, as Scott fish brought up, and I, I said this before Scott's uh, note on this is both of Irv Smith's games have come after Dalvin cook went down. And as Scott brought up, which is right, Dalvin cook is a pass catching back. They don't throw the ball to Alexander Madison and Mike Boone. So that's something that can impact Irv Smith, which we didn't see Doesn't, Irv Smith do anything in the first few weeks. How many games this year does Dalvin have with more than three catches? No, he has 12 catches in five games. Right. So they're he, not even, yeah. I, I think he has one game where he got a bunch of he receptions. He had five catches at Seattle. for them to use him there. Yeah, no, he, he hasn't been involved. definitely a correlation. But, uh, but the Irv other Smith thing was. nothing when Dalvin Cook was healthy. I think they just started to get him going the past couple of weeks. Yeah, but what Scott brought up was all of Irv Smith's big games last year came after uh, Dalvin Cook was hurt. 
at the end of the season. All right, look, it's not. We're not saying like Irv Smith's the greatest. So, and he's not even oh, the best. I, I like Irv Smith. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. You're he does. speculating. Yeah. He's not even the best tight end to pick up. That's obviously Dallas Goddard, uh, who is 50 percent rostered. So pick him up now. Um, let's see. You can see. pick them both up if you've got IR spots. Yes, you can. Goddard can be stashed. Drew Locke uh, mentioned Tim Patrick at Atlanta might be good next week. Some DSTs, Houston at Jacksonville. No. Giants and Washington are playing each other. That could be another ugly game like it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, maybe Sterling Shepard at Washington. John Brown. Shepard to be added anyway. Yeah. John Brown mm-hmm. against Seattle. Yep. 69% rostered. How about the Tennessee DST against Chicago? Mm. Yep. Oh, this is a good one. Arizona against Miami. Potentially. Yeah, you know, cross-country trip, second game for Tua, and that's pretty much all I got. All right, the last three games we're previewing are Tampa Bay and the Giants, the Sunday night game, Philadelphia-Dallas. Gosh, primetime, he's so bad this week. And Green Bay-Minnesota. start meter Tom Brady at the Giants. Nine. Yeah, ten. Fournette and Jones. Fournette is a seven and a half in PPR, six in non-PPR. Jones is a seven and a half in non-PPR, six in PPR. I agree with that. Scott Miller. Five and a half. Uh, man, I hope this is the game he does well without, without Godwin there. Maybe if your point is right that Bradbury takes away Evans, that that's where Brady goes because we saw that's what happened with Travis Fulgham yeah. last week. Look, and it could also be that Evans, just no matter who's covering him, he just can't get away from them. And Scott Miller is their downfield guy right now. Uh, okay, so, so I'm up it to six and a half. So if you look at the other waiver wire guys and, and and you factor in the weather, would you move Scott Miller ahead of Rashard Higgins and Nelson Aguilar? I had it that way in the waiver wire column once we found out that Godwin was out. So Miller mm-hmm. was the second receiver I said to pick up um, behind uh, Ayuk. So remember, we put these guys in categories. It was uh, long term, short term, you know, so Ayuk yep. and Shepard were more the long term guys with Higgins kind of toeing the line for both. And then Miller was a one-week scenario because if everything goes according to plan for Tampa Bay, Miller goes from two to four next week, you know, if Godwin and Antonio Brown play. And, Ag- yeah, Aguilar's got more long-term appeal. Yeah, I mean, Aguilar is, is, is certainly somebody you get away from now because of the weather. And, you know, as we told you, last week was the first time that his targets were up. So it could just be. But he's looked good for a couple of weeks now. He's certainly looked good, but if he goes back to two, two to four targets a game, you're not going to trust him. Yeah. Oh, so would you? How about putting Greg Ward ahead of the bad weather guys? Not. Just, I don't think you're starting him over Justin Jefferson. hundred percent. Even with Rager back, he's still going to be their third receiver. Okay. So Greg mm-hmm. Ward. Um, yeah, not ahead of Jefferson, but ahead of Aguilar, easily. Right. Okay. I'm not there yet. Oh, really? All right. No. Uh, Rob Gronkowski at the Giants. Eight. Eight. Any Giant against Tampa Bay. Zero. <laughs> Shepard would be a two. Yeah, and I'd go higher than Shepard. Uh, five for Shepard, five for Slayton. That's yeah, zero it. for Slayton for me. Yeah, does he does he warrant being shadowed? He was shadowed by Darius Slay last week. Right. If Carlton Davis is on him, then yeah, it's like a zero. Yep. But I don't know that he's good enough to get Carlton Davis. I don't know if the shadowing matters as much as the pass rush getting to Daniel Jones behind what might oh, be all the bad. second string offensive line. 
Like he's going to be. Oh, it's all bad. It's Don't watch, Adam. <laughs> don't watch the game. All right, to the Dallas-Philadelphia game real quicker, guys. Boston Scott. Nine. Yep. Travis yep. Fulgham. Love him. Uh, nine for Fulgham, too. Jalen Rager. Two. Three. Greg Ward. Five. Four. Richard Rodgers. Ten if God Six. is Six. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go higher. Seven. Eze- start. Ezekiel Elliott. Ten. You're starting him. Amari Cooper. Six. Six. CeeDee Lamb. Four. Six and a quarter. You start Shepard. I like Lamb better. Shepard or Lamb? Lamb. Uh, Lamb. You like Lamb better than Cooper? I do. Okay. Kirk Cousins at Green Bay. Five. Uh, man, if the weather's good, five. If the weather's bad, zero. Irv Smith, Robert Tanyan. Who do you like better? Smith. Smith. Alan Lazard. Is he Not playing? playing? Oh, if he plays. Two. 3.78. Okay. Rust and weather. Not good. Yeah. All right. And uh, just and Jamal Williams. All like my ratings are based on the weather being fine. I know that weather can bring them all down a couple of points if you want to do that, but I'm not. I'm uh, not Jamal Williams. Ten. Back yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's a top awesome. eight running back. I was just saying Jamal Williams must start guy. All right. Let's go to the games. Our first game is Indianapolis at Detroit. Three. Quote of the game. Well, <laughs> but it's uh, I think it's going to be kind of ugly. I think these teams have. Um, fairly, uh, fairly unappealing uniforms. I don't like watching them. They're visually unappealing teams. But uh, the quote of the game for Indianapolis at Detroit comes from a newspaper that I forgot to cite. I will tell you what it is. The Detroit News. There you go. Uh, to Detroit's credit, the interior of the team's defensive front has been playing exceptionally well the past two weeks, especially against the run. The new pieces, Danny Shelton, Nick Williams, and rookie John Penasini, have begun to form the chemistry envisioned when they were added to the roster this offseason. Those past two games, both wins, the Lions have held their opponents to 110 yards and 2.6 yards per carry. So, hey, remember when we talked about Jonathan Taylor's awesome schedule? Uh, they've been, the Lions' run defense has been really good. Well, one of those games Lately. was against Atlanta. Right. Yes, and the other one was a, was a better... Team. It was Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. It was James Robinson. 12 carries right. for 29 yards. Right. I think he caught a touchdown in the game. He did. Gurley scored two rushing touchdowns, but he had 23. One of them they let, let him. Score. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, how excited? I know you're not starting Philip Rivers. So how excited are you about Jonathan Taylor? Extremely excited. I like the fact that Tom Rathman said they're going to turn him loose. Um, his yards per carry is leap years ahead of Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, which is probably not a big surprise, but They've been so, not limiting, but they've been limiting John and Taylor's workload. Part of it has been because of what they've done in the fourth quarter, but I think this is the game where he just goes bananas. Cool. So the Colts wide receivers, this is a Detroit team that has allowed multiple wide receivers to have either 74 yards or a touchdown or both in four of six games. Meet the Colts. Yeah. What do you do here? Somebody's probably going to produce. Can you trust anyone? No. In DFS, I love Marcus Johnson who had eight targets in their last game before the bye, five catches, 108 yards. They like him as a deep threat and a guy who can win 50-50 balls, and his price is dirt cheap. He's going to be in all of my tournament lineups against the Lions. What happens if Pittman plays? Because he's also been activated off IR. 
not 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 officially yet, but he hasn't, he hasn't the windows open back. right the windows open but it's a three-week window i would imagine that i would still be interested in using johnson as a dart play in dfs he's in the deepest of leagues you can add him too yeah it's a good call I mean, I'm, Pat, I'm not I'm not the, really interested in him in your typical 12-team league with six bench spots. Right. The game before that, though, I believe was Pascal had their most targets, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, so. Their last game, he had Pascal had seven targets. Two games before that, he had eight targets. The game uh, in between, he only had two targets. It goes up and down. Right, that's the thing. And it could be been, a Pascal game. Right, it, Maybe. I don't know, but they not had a Hilton a game. Self scout during the week. <laughs> it's not a Hilton game, right? Not, <laughs> that's the whole point. Is that <laughs> so we're talking about all these other guys? We haven't even got to Trey Burton yet. He's going to be a, somebody that's involved. But they like being versatile on offense. At least we know what the role is for Marcus Johnson. It's the role that T.Y. Hilton used to have. Okay, Trey Burton is eleventh uh, for Jamie, fifteenth for Dave, and seventeenth for Heath. That's a non PPR, basically the same in in full PPR. So. We'll it's call a him better for Burton and PPR. Low end starter, uh, Trey Burton. And then the Lions, yeah. they they're third against tight ends, but they haven't really faced good ones, I'd say. So yeah, Jamie, you got I mean, you got him in your top twelve. Yeah, I mean, I think he's still going to be in that you know six target range. Um, Moali Cox coming back doesn't really worry me because he doesn't play that much, and so you know Rivers likes his tight ends. We saw it in their last game; he had two touchdowns to his tight ends. So Jack Doyle could be a factor. That's obviously something to consider. But I think if, you, if you're excited about Hayden Hurts, five for 50, that's what Trey Burton's going to give you. <laughs> okay, uh, Matthew Stafford. Now, this one's very different. Last I checked, <laughs> I'll make sure these rankings are updated. Uh, 14th for Jamie and 21st for Dave. Yes, that is correct. And also 14th mm-hmm. for Heath. So Dave, you're sitting to sit. You're saying to sit Matthew Stafford against the Colts who allow the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Makes sense, right? I think they're so. good against passing games after all. And Stafford really hasn't been amazing this year. He's had great matchups and he hasn't come through. There are other quarterbacks that I'd rather take a chance on. I'd rather take the chance on Tua Tagovailoa. I'll take the devil. I don't know over the devil. I do. Okay, Jamie, you're more optimistic. You got him 14th on Stafford. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Colts defense has played great against Gardner Minshew, Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold, Nick Foles, Baker Mayfield, and then Joe Burrow lit them up for 313, just didn't have touchdowns. So I think Stafford is going to be north of 35 pass attempts. I think they're going to be chasing points because the run game for the Colts will put up a number on them. And I do think that Stafford can still give you 215-2. So he's going to be in the low end starting range. He's had two games this year with over 20 fantasy points and one game this year with over 22 fantasy points. He just hasn't been How many was Stafford Galladay? that we're used to. Uh, I think all of them. The 28, what? The 20 point games? All of his 20 point games have been with Galladay. Mm, sure. Uh, you sure? Because he had, I only have him with two with Weeks Galladay. three and four, he had over 20 fantasy points. And that was with Galladay. He missed the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, he's had games with Galladay and not gotten to 20 fantasy points as well. Yeah, I'm just I look, the Colts defense is good. I just don't think they're as great as their numbers suggest based on the quarterbacks that they play. Well, their run defense has been really good. And they they allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Three and point, Darius Leonard may play. 3.5 yards per carry to running backs, ninth fewest receiving yards to running backs. So I know you're getting away from Adrian Peterson, but how much faith do you have in DeAndre Swift, who's coming off two straight games with a touchdown? I mean, Number I two think this back. game, they're, they're throwing the ball, so he's going to be involved. Would you start him over a, a box running back? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, would you start? With with a little more confidence that I would normally have reserved for a Lions running back. I would start Jones over Swift and non-PPR. That's fair. 
That's fair. And they're still going to do their mixing and matching thing, but the touch share for Swift has been nice the last couple of weeks, north of 45%, which for a Lions running back is saying something. They like him there. Okay. And then Kenny Galladay, you guys have in your top five. Heath has him 14th. So he gets six to eight catches a game. He's going to be always among the leaders in yards per catch. He's always good, you know, deep downfield threat, big play guy. Uh, I don't see you. You don't sit him, but I guess in a DFS sense, I mean, the Colts, the Colts have been very good at defensive back this year. They, they brought in Xavier Rhodes. He's having kind of a bounce back season. TJ Carey, Rocky scene. They've, they're, they've got a good secondary. It seems, um, feeling an underrated pass rush too. Feeling Beckham boy. They all had eight to nine targets and less than 60 yards. Uh, there have been some successes, though. I don't know. Allen Robinson I'm, had a big game against them. Yeah, Keith Higgins had a good game against them. Am I overthinking it? Game against them. It just, yes, they're, yeah, they're, they're, I, I everybody's think they're overrated. Holiday, no matter what you say. I think they're overrated. I think Holiday has a good game. Okay. Uh, Hawkinson or Burton? Hawkinson. Yeah. You guys have him like very close, by the way. Just the way you sort of dismissed that question. That's the cutoff for me. Hawkinson. Yeah. Then it's like okay. <laughs> then I'll get a target for, okay. score, right? And the Colts allow the fewest fantasy points to tight ends. All right, so here's here's the theme of this game. The Colts defensively have been great this year, but they haven't played the toughest competition. So we're going to find nobody. Out oh, and now here come the Lions. Like they're the best competition. I don't He's, even know if it's the he best is they face this year. The best quarterback that they face, unless you want to say it's Burrow, which I I won't fight you. But when you talk about Gardner Minshew, who had a good game against them with three touchdowns, Kirk Cousins, who didn't throw the ball very much, the Jets, the Bears, Cleveland doesn't throw the ball. Hey, the Bears are five and two. Yeah. (laughs) Cleveland's a good offense. Who? Cleveland. Yes, they're a good offense, offense. but they're not necessarily a great passing offense. And that was with Odell Beckham. Hooper had five for 57 on 10 targets in that game, too. So, you know. They're, Hawkinson it, on paper looks like a tough matchup. We don't know. The Colts have really not faced good tight ends. I think you nailed it, Adam. It's going to be an ugly game. Could be a lot of running. Maybe not necessarily efficient running. Fingers crossed that we at least get that with a touchdown for Jonathan Taylor. If the weather, considering Thursday was such a dud, if the weather's bad uh, in those four games or even like six games, this could be by, by far the lowest scoring week of the season. Oh, and, and oh, maybe, play the unders. Oh. Play the, unders. Play the unders and the kickers in this game. I'm pretty sure they're going to be popular already. So you might not find them. Although blanket ship was dropped in a bunch of leagues last week. Yep. Two good kickers in this game and they're playing indoors. Colts DST is top eight. Start them number three for Dave. All right, guys. Uh, I believe this is going to be my last time to yell at you and make sure that you are going to express to buy some new clothes, man. This place is awesome. And woman, they got women's clothes as well for women. Top sweaters, tees and tanks, dresses, jumpsuits and rompers, jackets and coats, jeans, bottoms, casual pants, leggings, dress pants, skirts, suits, petites for men. So much stuff. They jeans, the jeans there are great, by the way. Um, big fan. I think I told you when we first did the read, my brother's been wearing express clothes for a long time. So I always liked express, uh, as I was growing up, been wearing express Frank Stample's a big express guy. And now we got this awesome awesome sponsorship where you can save $25 on your $50 purchase. We've been enjoying the hell out of it. We've, uh, we've been very lucky to have them as a sponsor and, um, happy that they've, they've got these, these new clothes that are comfortable, fit all different types of body types. Uh, and if you want that $25 discount, you text football to three, nine, seven, seven, three, seven. 
Text FOOTBALL to 397-737. It's really fun, by the way, to just go on a shopping spree. All right, treat treat yourself, as they say on Parks and Rec. On Parks and Rec. And right here on the website, by the way, it says treat yourself. So um, there you go. Synergy. Uh, treat yourself to some awesome stuff. The polos are great. The button-down shirts are great. I would say the sweaters are probably probably my favorite thing that I found on there. I uh, got a couple of sweaters from Express. So um, want to emphasize that it's comfortable, that you're going to look good in it, that you're going to feel good in it, and that they have something for everyone. And that if you didn't think Express was right for you because of your body type or whatever, things have changed. This is the new Express. You got to check it out. If you want that $25 discount off your $50 purchase, you send a text to 397-737, 397-737, text football to 397-737. Looking good is important. Dress well and check out Express. San Francisco is at Seattle. What in what scenario would you be excited to start a running back in this game? I mean, DJ I'll Dallas fight. has at least a flex if he's the guy. Yeah, right. Knowing that the other guys in Seattle are out, they're not going to play. DJ Dallas is their only active running back. He would at least be a flex. He might even make the cut as a number two running back because it gets ugly at running back. Once you get to the bottom of the number twos and the same thing for San Francisco, we know that Mostert's not going to play. We know Wilson's not going to play. Maybe they don't activate Tevin Coleman and he waits another week. I'd be kind of excited and curious about Jermichael Hasty, and I'd probably settle for McKinnon as a PPR flex. The only thing about uh, DJ Dallas is, and this would go for Chris Carson on a much different scale because he's a much better player, but San Francisco's run defense is held up for the most part, despite the injuries in terms of their fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. Yeah, they're so, number one. Right. So it's like, okay, yeah, you're getting all this work, but you're getting this work as the, you know, essentially fourth string running back going against a very good run defense. So I don't love the the starting option for DJ Dallas, but he'd be a flex at best if he does get the opportunity to get those touches. Yeah. I, I, they're a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde defense. Sometimes they, very much. they show how much they've lost, right? Yeah, like that game against the Dolphins. And sometimes they're like, whoa, this is just a well-oiled machine. It doesn't matter who's playing. Like the last two weeks, if you want to go yards per carry, Daryl Henderson, 14 carries for 88 yards. Damian Harris, 10 carries for 58 yards. Uh, those are really good rush averages. The week before, Miles Gaskin did not have a good rush average, but he had a good game. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. So, okay, so in that scenario, Coleman's out, and Dallas is the only guy that leaves you with Hasty, Dallas, and McKinnon. How would you rank them? Hasty one, Dallas two, McKinnon three. Yep, and I would go Hasty, McKinnon, Dallas, and PPR. Which quarterback do you guys like better? <laughs> it's really close, you know, because they're both so good. Um, I'll, I'll take Garoppolo. No, no, I don't want people to think I really believe that. No, but who would, who would you start Garoppolo over? Because you guys have him in your top six. Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, and Drew Brees. Even if Michael Thomas plays? I'm here for that. Yeah. Okay. I, I would start Derek Carr over Garoppolo unless the wind is a factor. I would start Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield over Garoppolo. Unless the wind is a factor? Unless the wind is a factor. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Garoppolo over Mayfield. Yeah, look, I, I mentioned this on Tuesday, but the big number for me is pass attempts. You know, how many does he throw? Teams are throwing 48 times per game against the Seahawks. Number two, Cleveland sees about 41 pass attempts per game. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, whereas, you know, you know the deal with Garoppolo. He's 
30 times a game, roughly. But he's also about eight and a half yards per attempt. Eight, no, not that quite, not quite that good. 8.16 yards per attempt. That's eighth best in the NFL. This team is all about yak. Um, and Seattle allows the second most fantasy points to quarterback. So there's the Love appeal Brandon there. Ayuk. Love Brandon Right. So this team, 10 wide receivers have scored 20 or more PPR fantasy points against the Seahawks. That's amazing. At least one wide receiver has had 80 or more yards against the Seahawks in every game. How does Brandon Ayuk not have a good game here? Uh, the 49ers, 49er. You know, I mean, they uh, they just run the ball and, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. It's plug and play. Like we saw last week with Jeff Wilson. This week it's Jeff Hasty or Jermichael Hasty. And uh, I combined the two. Uh, it's Jermichael Hasty and um, or Tevin Coleman or Derek McKinnon. And they slow the game down and they don't have Garoppolo throw 40 plus times. And Ayuk doesn't do very much, but it's, it's just, it's hard to see the setup failing because he's going to be so involved. He's going to get the jet sweeps. He's going to get the carries. He's going to get, you know, every opportunity to have a, a high volume of targets. And the hope would be for Brandon Ayuk and for Jimmy Garoppolo, because I would still put those two guys. Well, no, maybe not Garoppolo, but Ayuk is going to be the most started 49er, not named George Kittle, that if you want Ayuk to have a good game, you want to see the Seahawks, do what they do, which is put up a big number early, and then the 49ers are forced to throw. Couldn't Ayuk have a good game even if Garoppolo throws it 25 times? Yes, he, the he concentration has. of target. Right, exactly. The ta- concentration of targets plus the touches out of the backfield help him. The fact that there's no Debo Samuel makes a big difference to me. Sure. It's one less guy that can do what Ayuk can do. So it puts more work on Ayuk's plate that Debo's out. Okay. And uh, Kendrick Bourne, I just want to throw his name out as a sleeper. He actually has 30 targets this year. He had about five targets, uh, five to six targets in weeks one through four. And that was when Debo Samuel was was either out or very limited. He missed three of those four games. So he could screw it up. You never know. I think Kendrick Bourne was also out there. Uh, yeah, for not week one, but for, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, uh, I think he's a decent DFS play, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. I'm not saying to pick him up or anything, but. They also have, there's, they don't rule out. They also have, uh, you know, the windows open for Jordan Reed to return. So they could have Reed back too. We're going to start George Kittle. Just let's talk about let's talk about the running backs real quick because I just want to point out the Seahawks run defense actually has been like the only redeeming thing about their their defense. They are giving up the seventh fewest fantasy points to running backs, and only two running backs all season have more than fourteen carries against the Seahawks. Because, like I said, teams just throw on them, and those two running backs were in the same games: Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. So but that should tell you something though about this because that's a style thing. The 49ers are a style thing, you know. So if their run game is working, they're going to stick to it. Yeah, will it work? Like, how excited are you going to be about Hasty? Would He's you start in that more excited than DJ Dallas, but in that same range? Sure. Yeah, right. Borderline Low end number two flex. running back to yep. flex. Right. Ronald Jones or Hasty? Jones. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay, Seahawks, we talked about the running back. Uh, Seahawks, I think we're done. Starting everyone, except the, except the tight ends. Well, you don't like Tyler Lockett because right. he's bad after 100-yard games. <laughs> right. Sit the DST. So you're going to go with Scott Miller over Tyler Lockett this week? I am gonna go, I'm going to go with Kendrick Bourne over Tyler Lockett this week. Okay. Yeah. Now it's going to happen. <laughs> Actually, my DFS lineup has Wilson, Lockett, and Metcalf. So let's now it's go really going to happen. Let's go. <laughs> Sit Tyler Lockett in all leagues. New Orleans is at Chicago. Stat of the game. Saints allow the second most fantasy points to tight ends. They've allowed a touchdown to a tight end in five of six games. Now, a little bit better lately. 
Hawkinson and Henry did catch touchdowns, but they had nine yards and 32 yards respectively. But uh, Jimmy Graham or you said TJ Hawkinson, Jamie was your cutoff before it's like, well, let's gamble. Is Graham in that in that uh, Hawkinson range or below it? He's in the gamble range. I mean, you know, it's a it's a it could be a really bad offense. I mean, their center looks like he's going to be out. Allen Robinson looks like he's going to be out. This offensive line has not been good. They just got punched in the mouth last week by a really good defense. I know it was on the road, but this is a defense that's getting healthy and has played better of late. I think they're going to get punched in the mouth again. I would prefer to avoid all the Bears if I could, but obviously he's a tight end that gets red zone opportunities. The problem is, is that Matt Nagy after last week's game said they want to get Cole Komet going a little bit more. So what happens between the 20s? And then if they don't get in the red zone, is Jimmy Graham going to even get targets? So I'm just nervous about Jimmy Graham. So he's in that Trey Burton range more so than the, the TJ Hawkinson range. He's he's the Kenny Rogers of tight ends for me this week. He is the top gambler of the uh, gambling tight end. So I like Hawkinson better, but Graham's right behind him. If Robinson's not playing, that means more targets to go around. That could be good for Komet. It could be really good for Jimmy Graham too. And Graham can be a nice short area target that Nick Foles can just dart to um, because the offensive line is going to be under so much duress and he's got to get rid of the ball quickly. And you've got the end zone potential. I believe last week was the first time this year the Saints didn't allow a touchdown to a tight end. Yeah, I think so. It, it would be so interesting if Allen Robinson doesn't play and we're going to approach this game as if he is not going to play because Nick Foles throws 40 times a game, basically, and Allen Robinson has 70 targets. And Jimmy Graham is next with 42. So it's a lot to go around. You'd say, well, maybe, maybe they'll just run the ball more, but the Saints' run defense is stout and the Teams, the Bears running game stinks. It's terrible. And Jamie's already talked about how bad the offensive line is for them. Yep. And, and we've been talking about that since July. So when you look at Montgomery, you do get the four or five catches. You do get a solidified role. You do get some some solid total yards, I suppose, and decent hope PPR. He finds the end zone. It's really, it, he's, he's Todd Gurley with a few extra receptions. But he well, doesn't score. That's the problem. Two. He's got two touchdowns on the season, one on the ground, one in the air. I mean, it's, it's not a good setup for him at all. Like, he's only ranked where he's ranked because the rest of the position stinks. So, like, he is he your cutoff at running back, Jamie? Uh, no, <laughs> unfortunately not. I wish there was a, a higher cutoff, but. Um, I'd start DJ Dallas over him if Dallas is the only If guy all there. those other guys are I start Hasty over him. I start Le'Veon Bell over him, even though he's the backup in Kansas City because of the potential revenge game factor. I start both Tampa Bay running backs over David Montgomery. I just have a little faith in him right now. I love the workload. I love the fact that he's being involved in the passing game. And I know I've said this time and time again, it's shocking that he's a better PPR running back than he is a non-PPR running back at this point because he's not scoring and the rushing stinks. And so this is a game where they have to hope the weather's bad. They want this to be a muck it up, ugly type of game where they can still lean on David Montgomery and get his 2.5 yards per carry, whatever it is. Uh, it's it's <laughs> going to be an ugly, ugly setup for him. I don't like trusting David Montgomery. I've started him a couple leagues because of bye weeks and injuries, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah, and let's talk about the wide receivers in this game and the passing game in general. I mean, nobody's starting Nick Foles, even though he has a good matchup and nobody's I'll starting. Drew Brees. The only guy to start is Michael Thomas. If he plays well, all right, but let's say I'm stuck. Well, what if, if Alan Robinson plays, you're starting him obviously, but going with the assumption that he's not playing, you can't trust and they may play great, but if it's bad weather, bad offensive line, good defense, you can't trust Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller. Nope. And nope. if it's on the other side of things, you have Drew Brees, who has traditionally struggled outdoors. And now he, if he doesn't have Michael Thomas, 
I don't care that Callaway played well last week. I don't care that Deontay Harris played well last week. I don't care that Traquan Smith has looked good at times without Michael Thomas on the field. I'm not trusting them outdoors in bad weather. So it that game to me tough matchup too. Completely <laughs> off. Completely it's, off from a passing game standpoint if Thomas and Robinson don't play because Emmanuel Sanders is most likely out as well. What's what have we been saying about Drew Brees all year? He's not challenging downfield very often and his arm strength is a question mark. Now you're going to have him throw into 20 mile an hour wins. Alvin Kamara, 15 catches. So I, my, Maybe here, that might here's be a broader question though, right? Because we just keep eliminating players. Who are going to be the wide receiver flyers that end up in your top 40 or top 48 or whatever? That Here, I'll give you a preview of what you guys are going to be answering on today's FFT. <laughs> so if we do have all these guys out for uh, the injury replacement guys, the receivers I'm going to ask you about are the following if we get these injuries. So we got, sorry, I had pulled up. Um, who would you prefer? Darnell Mooney, Scott Miller, Preston Williams, Rashard Higgins, Denzel Mims, Jacoby Myers, Nicole Hardman, or Jerry Judy. These are the injury replacements if the guys in front of them are out, meaning no Allen Robinson, no Chris Godwin, no Devontae Parker, no Tim as Patrick, we know, no Odell Beckham. Uh, no Those are Patrick. just guys based on injuries, not necessarily they, weather. Just based on injury replacements. Scott they are, Miller they are, is my answer. Who? Nelson Aguilar. Scott is Miller. Uh, yeah, you could pivot to Nelson Aguilar, sure. But if the weather's bad, like I think Hunter Renfro is going to be the best Raiders receiver this week because the Browns can't cover slot receivers at all. I was going to say Nelson Aguilar, but I I just think the weather's going to be too bad to trust the downfield threat. Who's going? 100%. You know, that's if that's his game. Case, yes, right now. Uh, I think Greg Ward is better than most of the guys on that list. Greg Ward is a great one too. But yep. but Greg Ward also has like one game with more than like 50 yards. He got 11 targets right. in that game. Right. Isn't been... he a touchdown or bust receiver? Well, especially now that they're getting more guys back in Philadelphia. Uh, you got to be concerned, but the matchup is so good. It's yeah. hard to overlook what the matchup is. And then you factor in that last week, the minute Deshaun Jackson goes down, his targets went up. And who knows if Rager's going to come in and be 100% healthy dealing with a thumb injury. Oh, you know, sure. Rager's not. You can't count on Rager in fantasy this week. No, 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 no. Rager impacting Greg Ward. You know, so he'll if, take a if, few targets away from everybody. If it's if it's the same trio uh, we saw last week and then throw Rager into it, I think Ward's in a great spot. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Jared Cook is the only other guy we haven't talked about in this game. He, he's so uninvolved. He's had two to five targets in four or five games. He does catch touchdowns, though. Um, Jared Cook or uh, Trey Burton? Burton and PPR. Okay, I think they're very close. So low-end starter, we'll call them. And the DSTs are, are in play, I'm guessing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, especially the Saints. For Jamie, they have him third. Jamie, Dave likes the Bears a little bit better. Tampa Bay at the Giants. Uh, you know, do I have a stat of the game? I think it was the Fournette thing that he's had more touches than Ronald Jones. And that it's now five games in a row where a running back has not had a carry of longer than 14 yards against the Giants. So with Jones having a reduced role when Fournette's been healthy and sorry to say it, but the Giants seem to have a pretty good run defense. They struggle in the passing game against running backs. Uh, how confident are you in Ronald Jones? I think by nature of the position this week, he's a number two option. And you like him better in leagues where catches do not count because he's probably not going to get any catches that count himself. He probably won't get thrown the ball very often. But he's still averaging almost five yards per run. He's 15 for 15 on converting downs of three yards or less, including three for three on touchdowns. So until he loses that type of opportunity, I think he still carries some decent value. And they should be able to run... Um, maybe not necessarily effectively against the Giants, but quantity should be there. So 15 touches is still within range for Ronald Jones, if you ask me. 
Okay. Yeah, and I think we all feel like he has a pretty good chance to find the end zone. That happens a lot against the Giants. I do think Fournette's got a chance at a dozen touches, but maybe almost half of them come through the air. He's looked good as a pass catcher, and they clearly like him in that role. They've said as much. He's their nickelback. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, except I don't like nickelback. But <laughs> I've been wrestling with Montgomery versus Fournette. I've got Montgomery well, higher in my rankings right now, and I think I've got to just Fournette to be down. a guy. Let me just yeah. tell you why. Because you just I just don't trust Bruce Arians. We saw it so much last year. If the roles are the same, as have they you were, watched the Have you watched the running backs play? I think that's really the yeah, most important thing you could do is go back and watch them. There, and, this is going to be a game where it's my only concern about Brady. The Giants' offense isn't going to do very much, right? And we saw it against the Packers a couple weeks ago that Brady could have a great game. I, I'm I'm starting him without question, but they could they could just do whatever they want to defensively in this game because the Giants are so bad that hey, sorry. It's true. Um, the Giants are so bad that this could be a game where both running backs get 15 touches. I mean, you know, they they could do that. It's not a Bruce Arians thing that they, you know, do that much, give that much work to their backs. But still, it's just the Giants stink. Yeah. So, I just think the reason I love Brady is because this is probably his last chance to stick it to the Giants after the two Super Bowl losses. <laughs> and he's going to do that. You know, this is this has kind of been. Oh, uh, he's not petty like that, is no, he? No, not at all. No. Ask Nick Foles why he didn't shake his hand. <laughs> uh, all right, so you have Brady. Jamie has him one spot ahead of Lamar Jackson, and now ahead of Tannehill because of weather. Dave no, I has switched it again. You switched it, okay? Yeah. Okay, Jack. What? I, I thought I just refreshed. All right, fine. Ja- I switched it. Jackson, Brady, Tannehill—they're all very close in the rankings. You're going. You're going. Guys, going Carson Wentz or Tom Brady? Wentz. I'll take Wentz. That's how it will be ranked. Okay. Soon after this podcast. Okay, um, and then Gronkowski is a top seven tight end. T- Gronkowski or Hunter Henry? Gronk. I'll take Henry, but it's close. Gronk or Fant? Gronk. 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 Sterling Shepard or those uh, those wide receivers that Jamie just rattled off? Like Scott, PPR, Scott Miller? I'll take Shepard. I'll take Shepard if it's PPR. I won't take Shepard if it's non. I'll take Miller this week. All right. Yeah, uh, it's nothing good here for the Giants. Evan Ingram? Starter sit. Sit. I finally found a way to get him out of my top twelve. Hey. I'd rather start Jimmy Graham in PPR than Evan Ingram. I and I'm 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 worried for him that he's gonna see his role reduced after his last game. I mean they're standing by him, but they should. He's still he's too, too he's too talented, but it's just been But if he's costing them plays and wins, it they've got Caden Smith to turn to if they really wanted. His name's been brought up in trade talks. I shouldn't don't confidently start him, but good tight ends have been mostly solid against Tampa Bay. They face they face some pretty tough tight ends so far this year. I just I don't know how you can have confidence in Evan Ingram at this point. Oh, I don't know if how much confidence the Giants have in Evan Ingram at this point. Okay, Dallas at Philadelphia Sunday night. The case for the Dallas Cowboys is that the or the Eagles rather is that the Cowboys stink. They have a horrible defense. The case against the it Phil- got worse. It got worse this week by what cutting. D- Don they Terry traded Emerson Griffin, who oh, was their yeah. best passer. Maybe cutting Don Terry Bow might be good for them. He was a, he was horrible. Yeah, apparently. I've never seen a guy that big get moved around so much by average offensive linemen. Uh, anyway, um, the... Eric Flowers would like a word. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> if the problem uh, is that Carson Wentz, in my opinion, is having a really 
Well, I'll just say this. He's having a terrible year statistically. It's a fantasy versus reality thing. His fantasy numbers have been good. His reality has been bad. He's on pace for right now. He's not on pace. He's at a career low career percent uh, completion percentage. I'll get that out. What do you think his passer rating is? Just take a Um, guess. 88.8. Jamie Carson Wentz passer rating? 85. 74.3. He has not having a good season, but four rushing touchdowns. His entire offensive line has been a mess. Still is. Kelsey. Well, Kelsey's been consistent. Um, but he's getting guys back. His running back has missed now two games. His receiving core has been a disaster. His top two tight ends have missed time. I mean, for what he's had to deal with, give the guy some credit. You know, so uh, the fact that he's been able to produce for his fantasy managers and now he gets this set up with guys coming back. Rager coming back. Jason Peters coming back. Um, I hope they put Peters at guard because the kid they've been they playing better, at tackles has, right. has actually done a nice job. And Peters so, was terrible at tackle. Um, and Lane Johnson may play. So, you know, the the opportunity that's in front of Wentz, not just week this week, but moving forward, because coming off their bye week, you could have Jeffrey and Goddard back. Okay, I understand you guys like uh, like Carson Wentz this week, and I understand why. This will be potentially their their big. They, okay, they're like seven and a half point favorites. So, just real quick, are you concerned about them taking their foot off the gas in the passing game and not throwing that much? It could happen toward not, the end of the it's game. It's not a Doug Peterson mo. It's not a right. Carson Wentz thing. And yeah. and as good as Boston Scott may be as a fantasy asset, they can't run the ball with all success. This is going to be. Boston Scott doing what he did last week, which is going to have to help you in the passing game. Well, that See, is I'll my th- next I'll question. I'll disagree with that. I think he could end up being okay as a runner this week. That's still, it's a, such a bad defense that he's going against. And there were times last week where he looked really good running the football. Okay, but my next question was, if you can't, if you're worried about Boston Scott, if you are, against Dallas, where the only thing they do well is stop pass-catching running backs, second fewest receiving yards per game, um... You know, is is there like kind of a hidden bus potential there for Boston Scott? Are you con- or are you confident in him? The hidden bus no, potential I, would be in Dallas's defense playing better than expected, and Dallas's offense also playing better than expected, and it changed the the game flow. When they when they do run, and Dave was right, he ran well last week. This wasn't about him not running well last week. This is more about how much they run him. Right, and so yeah. I don't think this is a Kenyon Drake twenty carry one hundred twenty yard game for Boston Scott. This is a twelve to fifteen carry. 60-yard game for Boston Scott on the ground. What's going to put him over the top will be whatever he does in the passing game. And I do think based on how Philly will play, will sort of change things. You remember last week with Washington, Dave was very excited about J.D. McKissick. They were throwing to their running backs because they were chasing points all the time. They were playing with a lead last week, which is why McKissick wasn't as involved. And Gibson had over 100 yards for the first time in his career. Philly doesn't do that. Yeah, no, that's, was that was... Philly throw to their backs no matter what the game flow. That was one of Jacob Gibbs stats. They have a 65% pass rate, even when they're leading, which is by far the highest in the NFL. Uh, Rank the wide receivers in this game. Fulgham, Cooper. Fulgham's ahead of everybody. (laughs) What a year it's been. Cooper, Lamb, Ward. Ward. (laughs) Gallup. Gallup had a Rager. No, you're not going to do it. Okay. He did. did. Okay. Okay. I I thought you said Rager first. Uh, I will flip-flop Lamb and Cooper. So, Fulgham, Lamb, Cooper, and then the rest. What's your reasoning for liking Lamb more than Cooper? He's, I, I think the outside hey, corners hey. for Philadelphia are going to be 
good. And I think Danucci can make it easy throwing to Lamb on those shorter targets underneath. I think volume will help Lamb. Well, 100% of Ben DiNucci's passing yards have gone to Amari Cooper, all 39 of them. <laughs> he threw three passes, and Cooper caught two of them for 39 yards. Richard I hope Rogers DiNucci plays 12. well, because it would, be, it would be good for Dallas if they can get good quarterback play out of him, and then they don't have to worry about playing Dalton again. This is a great opportunity for Richard Rodgers, who's in your top 12. Um, would you start him over TJ Hawkinson? Yes. How about Jared yeah. Cook or Rodgers? Uh, Rodgers. I have Cook higher. It probably should be Rodgers over Cook in full PPR. Okay, Philadelphia DST is top four. And our last game is Minnesota at Green Bay. So, stat of the game number one, the Packers have held Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin to a combined six catches for 58 yards on 14 targets. And then the following week, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks had... It's okay games, 12 to 13 PPR fantasy points. So they're, they are usually doing a pretty decent job against wide receivers. Um, but the real stats of this game is going to be the weather. It's just going to determine everything. Otherwise, you pretty much know what to do. I saved this for last for a reason. You're sitting cousins. Unless like they were perfect weather, then you might be more interested in him. And you're starting Cook, and you're starting Jamal Williams, and you're starting Aaron Rodgers, and you're starting Devontae Adams, and you're starting Adam Thielen. So it's really like Justin Jefferson is a tough call and maybe the tight ends. The the wind has to be a significant factor to sit Jefferson. He's played so well otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think the target volume is going to continue to be better than the five per game that he was getting before his last game. Who do you think has a higher average depth per target, Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson? I think it's Thielen. You are Thielen. correct, sir. 14.1 yards. Yeah. That's He's had a, a few lot. more downfield throws than Jefferson. Yeah, and I bring that up. I mean, you got to start looking at that. Who are the downfield guys? But you know Thielen can can be a short they, area They guy. both can. They both can. They're both lined up in the slot, out wide, run short routes, run deep routes. They both can do it. Okay. Irv Smith is still at this point just a flyer, but um, there there have been three tight ends with four or more targets against Green Bay. All three of them have 51 or more yards. They were Hawkinson, Hurst, and Gronkowski. And Smith has had two straight games with five targets. So if he gets that, chances are he's going to have a decent game. I hope so. He's got so much talent. Um, And Robert Tanyan outside the top 20. Green Bay DST, would you consider moving them up? They are like 15th Packers. That'll be that'll be a Sunday morning move if the weather's bad. Okay. Like they're gonna be good for a couple of sacks and a couple of turnovers of cousins anyway, but it'll just be better if it's twenty mile an hour winds. Oh, Dalvin Cook's gonna have a huge game. Gonna be fine. For From your lips to Walter Payton's ears. <laughs> and that's it for today's show. I wanna thank uh I wanna thank Kevin Roth for coming on, giving us that weather update. Sorry to all the YouTubers. Uh you can check out our podcast, the audio version if you want to listen to it. And Dave and Jamie, thank you guys very much. We got our mailbag that will air on Halloween. Make sure you're watching the movie Sinister. It is awesome. And the haunting of Hill House is uh, the best horror thing I've seen in like my whole life. So watch that. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck in the game.